Hi, I'm Jill, and this is the Skein Enable podcast, enabling your crafting addictions one episode at a time. This is episode 108. It is August 27th, 2020. I'm due my first baby in three days. Uh, I have no idea. Well, I kind of assumed it'd be late, but here we go. I thought I'd podcast a few days early just in case to give myself some time to edit this. And um, I have no idea if I'll have like a giant gap after having the baby or who knows, maybe I'll just want to get away and I'll have stuff to talk about. Um, But this will probably be the last one before the baby's born. I mean, I'm not recording again in the next week. So yeah, otherwise feeling pretty good. I'm definitely getting to that point where I'm like feeling big and uncomfortable. And especially we had like kind of a heat wave last week. So that was not pleasant to sleep in, but So I'm not, like, eager for this to happen, but I'm also, like, pretty ready, I guess, too. So we'll see. I do love delayed gratification, but hopefully it's not um, more than a week (laughs) delayed. But yeah, so lots of baby stuff to talk about knitting-wise. I finished a lot of things. I've been, like, on a finishing kick. (laughs) Like, makes me want to pull out everything I've ever cast on and, like, finish it or frog it. I haven't done that yet, but who knows? I keep finding myself like out of breath during these podcasts and I don't know, I guess just that's pregnancy, huh? All right. So let's just jump right into crafting. So what I finished, um, I finished a ton, as I just said. So some of these things I was like almost done with when I recorded last time, but I, they're finished finally. Um, so one was the fingering entreshot bonnet by Lisa Kemery. So this is a baby bonnet. I did the zero to three month size. And this is to match the little bolero cardigan that I made last time, which was the entreshot. Just the fingering entreshot. So this one I did in the same matching yarn, which is a spun right round, super wash sock, 80-20, you know, merino nylon in the combat boots and baby doll dresses colorway. So it's a cream yellowish color with um, some nice speckles in it. And I did this little bonnet went pretty quickly, but then you have to do I cord bind off around the bottom to make the ties. And then you also do it around the front of the bonnet and it called for picking up the I cord around the front of the bonnet every three out of four stitches and um I might have also been like doing my accord like pretty tight too, so that just felt like really constrictive, like really tight in the in on the face. So I ripped that out and did every stitch. So na- and then I, but I also might have loosened up a bit, so it's fairly loose. It doesn't like flare out, but it doesn't really suck in at the front of the face. So I guess I'll find out when I have an actual baby to put it on, like if that was a good idea or not, or if like it really needed to scrunch in. The other projects didn't seem to come in that much, so who knows. So that's the Fingering Entreshot Bonnet by Lisa Kemery, who's Frogginette Knits. To match that same little set, so still using the Spun Right Round Fingering Weight Yarn, I made Christine's Stay On Baby Booties by Christine Borkan. It's still like an old pattern. I have a printout of this from like knit list or something. So it's been around a really long time. And I made a couple pairs of these for my friend Eve. I don't know if Eve's listening. Hi, Eve. Hi, Lisa. So I made these baby booties. And so I just went for them again. You basically make a garter stitch rectangle and then you pick up around it and you do kind of like welts. So like a few 
I don't remember, four rows pearl in the round, four rows knit, four rows pearl, and then do some short rows for the top of the foot. And then, yeah, and it's got a little rollover brim, brim, cuff, cuff at the top. And then there's an I-cord. Well, actually it calls for like a crochet chain, but I did I-cord for the ties. So there's little eyelets at the ankle. And so you thread through a tie. I did I-cord. I think, I can't remember how many inches it called for, but I ended up doing like a lot, like 10 or 10 to 12 inches of I-cord. I did three stitch I-cord. And I have no idea how big these booties are, but they look pretty cute. And so the I-cord from the booties kind of like mirrors the I-cord on the bonnet. So I think, so this is the set that I'm bringing to the hospital. I don't know it'll fit the baby when she's born, but that's the coming home outfit. That's the Christine's Stay On Baby Booties. And it's by Christine Borkan. Borkan? Borkin, I can't be right. <laughs> All right, and then the other item that I had almost done last time is was the Baby Yoda Baby Cardigan by Ariana Soloway. I made the baby size. There's now like a toddler version. The baby one was free when I downloaded it, so that's the only one I have access to. It is pretty big. Um, I used um, Barocco Vintage, which is a worsted weight yarn, um, held double for the for like the body of the cardigan. And I used like a taupe colorway. And then um, I used Craft Smart Value, like acrylic yarn in a sage color, um, doubled to make the little hood. So it's like the baby is wearing a little Baby Yoda sweater with a moss stitch, seed stitch around the neck and cuffs. And then the, it has a little hood that's attached that's uh, like a Yoda head. So that I finished, I sent it off to my friend. And even though there's been a ton of like slowdowns with the mail service, like she ended up getting it right away, you know, like just a few. I mean, she's just across town, but I was surprised that it only took a few days. So that's the Baby Yoda Baby Cardigan by Ariana Soloway. And then in a big finish, I did, I finished my Fox Paws, which has been ongoing for like a year and a half (laughs) or more. That's the Stole Pattern by Zandy Peters. I use Knit Picks Palette. I'll finally mention the colorways again because I haven't been for a while. I have Seafaring, which is kind of a teal aqua color. Um, Edamame, which is like a light green. Huckleberry Heather, which is a um, medium purple that's kind of heathery. Um, Silver, which is a lightish gray. And Clarity, which is like a very light icy blue. So those are my five colors, Nip Picks palette. I ended up stopping when the pattern set to, which is doing three full combinations of all of the different colors. I thought about going farther, like waiting until I had, like using up all of the yarn I had. And then I just thought like, no, this is long enough. Like I'm not quite tired of doing it, but like I just wanted to be done. And once I realized I was like, wait, I could be done in eight rows. (laughs) I was like, that's it. I'm finishing this tomorrow. So I finished it. I blocked it. I just need to take some photos, which will probably just be draped over some sort of pole somewhere near work. Not near work, near my house. But yes, I'm very excited. It's just nice to be like, clear the decks. (laughs) So Fox Paws is done. So you won't hear about it every single episode anymore. And yes, it's a great pattern. I really enjoyed it at times, but anything that's, it's like 
when you first start knitting and you're like, I'm going to make a scarf. And then you're like, oh, God, scarves take so long. <laughs> this was like making a giant scarf. But yeah, so that's Fox Paws by Zandy Peters. Um, Another one that's been on my, like, my whips section of Ravelry for a long time is the Baby Caftan by Debbie Bliss. So this is from Debbie Bliss's Baby Knits book, um, which is one of the first actually knitting books I ever had and one of the first books I ever made anything out of. And I have been saving this pattern for my own baby. So it's, yeah, like a little caftan. It kind of looks more like, um, hmm, I don't know. So it's a pullover, um, but it has kind of that deep, like, vertical slit at the front of the neck. And then it has embroidery on it. So I did the knitting of this, like, last June or July. And it was, I made it out of Rowan cotton glaze glass, which is a fingering weight cotton yarn, sport weight cotton yarn. It's in, you know, like Rowan has like fun names for their colorways, but they don't put them on the ball. So you'd have to like look it up. So it's a purple color. The colorway is 9C4. I'm not sure what the cute name is. (laughs) So I had knit it. I assembled it. And then I, but I didn't feel like doing the embroidery on it because there's, um, like flowers and leaves that go around the collar and then around the cuffs of this, of the sweater. And I just like couldn't, couldn't do it. <laughs> and, you know, in fear of oversharing, I actually, yeah, I started this last year when I was pregnant before, but then that, um, didn't proceed. So I just put it away at that time. And then when I got pregnant again this year, I was like, I got to finish it for the baby, but I didn't work on it for like eight months. So finally, the other day, I was just like, this is happening. I'm tired of having all these like bits of cotton yarn in my knitting bag. I carry around with me everywhere. And so I had bought some stabilizer, like kind of a thicker stabilizer when I was at Joanne's um, a couple months ago. So I put, um, I just pinned the stabilizer onto the front of the garment and then I use like color pencils or markers and markers to like draw out the pattern that I wanted on it. And then I embroidered over like through the stabilizer and the knit fabric. And then when I was done with the embroidery, I like tore the stabilizer off. In theory, it would have been easier if I had the kind that like dissolved, but I didn't. That's not what I bought. But it worked out pretty well, even though it's kind of hard to tear the stabilizer away. And there was a few times where, like, um, I had done French knots and I just didn't quite, you know, I didn't go, like, through the yarn. And so they, once I tore the stabilizer off, they kind of, like, popped out of the fabric. So I had to redo them. I don't know how helpful the stabilizer was, but, like, I didn't trust myself to freehand this embroidery. So it was nice to kind of have it marked down. Like, if I could have maybe done, like, chalk onto the knitting, that would have worked as well. Um, and even though I had like written, written it down, drawn it onto the thing, I like finished it and I realized like the back is like off center. <laughs> like there's like a little kind of almost a little Western style, like a little loop-de-loop at the back of the sweater. And it's like not quite centered, <laughs> but I was pretty much done <laughs> at that point. And I've done like almost no embroidery over my life, even though I have like taken to like collecting Japanese embroidery books every time I go to like a Japanese bookstore. Like I've done cross stitch in the past, but I haven't really done, this was like a chain stitch and satin stitch and French knots. 
And, you know, it wasn't so bad. I mean, it did take me, like, I spent, like, six to eight hours on it that one day. I don't know how, but that's, um, that's maternity leave for you. <laughs> but it's done. I'm so excited just to have it done. <laughs> like, I don't even, I'm not even so excited about the finished item. I'm just like, mark it off. <laughs> and it looks cute, I think. But I just used some leftover cotton yarns for embroidery. Um, I think I used Knit Picks shine for like the green leaves and the vines even though that yarn is a little bit i don't know fragile but it gets a little fuzzy so it might not have been my best choice but then i used some other little bits of like rowan yarns i think that i had too so the sweater is purple and then there there's green vines and then there the flowers are like blue and then some of the knots are like white or light pink but yes, so that's done. <laughs> and that's the Baby Caftan by Debbie Bliss. In the book, it's called something else, but that's what it's called on Ravelry. And then I did a couple sewing projects that I've been talking about. Um, one was burp cloths. Um, I had like a really old terry cloth robe that for some reason was just sitting in storage, like even though it was kind of like shredded. <laughs> and so I cut that up and I used... Made some double-sided burp cloths. So one side is terry cloth and the other is flannel. I had some just like kind of funny dinosaur-themed flannel that I bought a long time ago. Um, I used to just kind of get sucked in by cute flannel at Joann's whenever they would be like, 40% off all flannel. So I made four of these. They're a contour burp cloth or a half-contoured burp cloth, I guess. So it's like I forgot to write down the actual blog that I use, but I'll find it, the tutorial. You basically pin the two fabrics together. Um, one, it's like a rectangle, but there's like a curve on one side of it. Um, you pin them together, wrong, right sides together, knit around, trim, clip the corners, turn it inside out, and then you top stitch it a couple times. So that's it. They, the blog used just like quilting cotton for the other side, but I just didn't know how absorbent that would be. And I had this flannel, so I just went for it. Um, it's a little bit annoying to cut that terry cloth. It does kind of leave bits everywhere. So I made four of those in two different dinosaur fabrics. And then I was just like pretty much done. They're pretty stiff feeling. I mean, we'll see how well they work. But we have some other like actual like, you know, muslin burp cloths that were purchased. So we'll see. Um, and then I also made some breastfeeding, like, nipple pads, like, for, so that you don't, uh, whatever, drip through your clothes <laughs> when you're breastfeeding. Um, so this was another tutorial I found online, or kind of a mix of a different, of a few. So I used, um, just gray flannel. Um, I did four layers. I found, like, a little bowl that I liked the diameter of, so they're pretty big. Like, the diameter is maybe five inches across, maybe, uh, maybe about. And then, so I cut them out, cut the circles out using that bowl as a guide. And then I put like a, like a one inch dart, one inch on the edge of the, the, uh, perimeter of the circle. Is that right? So yeah, kind of a one inch dart, a dart on each of the four layers. And then I stacked them on top of each other, making sure that the dart seam didn't line up. And then I zigzagged all of the layers together. But the problem is once you do that dart, it's really hard to get the, all of the layers to line up. So 
my zigzag is pretty wide like to try to get all of the layers in and sometimes I had to go over it a second time where I realized I was missing you know the bottom layer um, so they weren't difficult to make but I just didn't enjoy them doing them um, I made six total so like three sets and I'm not sure if they'll be comfortable like if or if that perimeter where I zigzagged around like that might be kind of scratchy I don't know so what I ended up doing is I made those six and then I bought some <laughs> and then I just paid $15 and bought like a set of washable like bamboo ones um, online. So I just used flannel for mine but I um, when I looked at some different tutorials some people did a layer of microfiber in the middle um, which is supposed to be more absorbent. Um, the ones I purchased are like bamboo and then they have a waterproof layer on the outside, the side not close to your body, because you don't want to um, plug up any ducts, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I'll do a little bit of this, but ultimately I can, I've got money. I can just pay for this. Um, even though I could have made, you know, many more sets for ultimately for free, because I have all the materials here, but whatever. So that's what I finished. Lots of, lots of knitting, lots of sewing. Um, I have been on maternity leave for a week and a half and it is insane how quickly that flies by. Like now I understand like when Lucas will be on hiatus and he'll be like somehow get nothing done for three months. And I was like, how's that possible? But I mean, I've done nothing <laughs> for a week and a half. Um, just some of these little projects. Okay. So now on to my current fix, like what I am actually working on right now. And it's not that many things, actually. Um, and they're things I've talked about before. Um, I did start a pair of Genevieve's tube socks, which is um, a pattern um, by Jasmine from the Knitmore Girls. And they, I guess, had mentioned the actual like recipe on the podcast, but that episode is like not currently up. Like they, I think they were redoing some of them. Um, or rehosting them or something. So in any case, I just paid the dollar and it goes towards Genevieve's adventure fund for the pattern. Um, it's basically ribbing a little ribbed tube sock. <laughs> um, I was surprised cause there's two different sizes. There's a newborn and a toddler and I'm making the newborn size, but it's like 48 stitches and it seems huge. Like it, it looks like almost like an adult sock, not an adult sock. Cause I'm, that's more of like a 60, 64 stitches, but it looks pretty big. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that ribbing will suck in a little bit more, but I was surprised how big this is. And, um, it's going to take me a while maybe, but it will be, it's good to have just something that's on the needles. that's just like grab and go where it's like just ribbing. You don't have to think about it until it's long enough. And then you do a toe. So that's Genevieve's tube socks by Jasmine Canty. I'm doing, I'm using just some leftovers in, um, I have some Madeline Tosh sock in the Holy Festival, um, which is a white yarn with speckles, like one of my first like kind of speckled yarns that I remember seeing. And I also started on that baby mobile that I've been talking about. So I've been making um, birds from the Arne and Carlos um, field guides to knitted birds book. Um, it's a little bit confusing on Ravelry how they name the patterns, but these are like the embroidered birds. So you knit the basic bird pattern in one color. The book calls for DK weight, but I'm doing them in 
fingering weight in the Knit Picks palette yarn because I've got a lot of different colors of that. So they're pretty small. I'm knitting them on like zeros. <laughs> and um, so I've knit four single colored birds so far. I think I'm going to, I thought I'd need five, but they're so small. I think I'm going to need seven. Um, so I knit four of them. They are pretty tight though. So they, I've, they've been kind of aggravating my shoulder a little bit. So I trying not to just do that. <laughs> And afterwards, you do like a duplicate stitch with a few different colors um, onto the back and front. So they're inspired by like some Mexican embroidery books that Arne and Carlos bought um, like at a vintage store. So, so far looking pretty good. I don't have quite have the colors that they call for. And Lucas was a little bit difficult about the colors again. <laughs> he wanted me to, I was like, let's just pick six colors and then I'll make different birds using those six colors but he was just like we don't have the color sense you need to just match the colors in the book <laughs> which is going okay except i can't quite match the colors and so they just aren't quite as vibrant but there'll be seven different ones so i think it'll just be a nice little rainbow of of birds i'm not quite sure how i'm gonna hang them but i think it's gonna be something pretty simple like just taking a hoop like a wooden hoop maybe covering it with yarn, maybe just having it plain and then just hanging the birds from like fishing line, I think. So that they're clear, the clear fishing line. I had thought of also making, the book has a way to make these little like feet, like supports for them. And so then we're like, well, I can make like little, you know, wooden dowels and then have them sitting on the dowels, but maybe it's easiest just to have them dangling. <laughs> So yeah, I've done the embroidery on two of them, but I, yeah, ultimately need to do seven. But the good news is it's not, it doesn't have to be done before this baby's born because she won't even be in an actual crib for a while. So that's it. That's all, that's all I'm working on. That's my current fix. I'm, you know, going, trying to go through some of my old whips to see, or UFOs to see if I want to get back on working on those. Um, I do want to cast something on before the baby comes, like for either the hospital or just to have something that'll take a little bit more brain power to have, like to take my mind off of things or to mean by personal time after the baby's born. I'm not sure. So that's, um, I guess I'll just segue over to Jonesin, what I'm Jonesin for and see if maybe one of these will fit the bill. Okay. So there are a couple sweaters that I'm interested in and one I've like been almost ready to get my yarn out and swatch for it. Um, but one is the new sweater by Caitlin Hunter, which is uh, Miserina, which is named for a city in Italy. So it's part of her like Italy series until the end of August. It's 30% off. I haven't bought it yet, but I might. It's $8. Um, it's on Ravelry, but I'm not sure if she has her own website either. It's a fingering weight, top-down yoke sweater. Um, it is cropped, short sleeves, and it has um, a color work on the yoke. And they look like, I guess, kind of like tulips, like large, like flower motifs. When I first saw it, they kind of look like transformers <laughs> to me. Um, so there's like, you know, eight blocks or whatever of them all around the yoke. And then there's like some cables like in between the color color work motifs. And then the rest of the body, I think there's two different ways. You could either do it in a lace like eyelet fabric or there's like a knit pearl 
pattern you could use instead for the body. So I've been thinking about that. I have yarn that I recently bought, like like a two skeins of a main color and then a contrast color. So that would totally work for this. Hers is in like a fingering weight, like wool, merino linen blend. Um, but I would just do like wool yarn. So that's something I might start. I have not got that yarn out yet, though. I've just been busy with other things. So I may start that. That's the Miserina by Caitlin Hunter. And another one that I favorited was Posey by Marzena Kolacek. Um, not sure how to pronounce it. She has a po- Polish name, which is difficult for me. Um, it's in Polish and English, but um, it's a $7 Ravelry download. It's a fingering weight cardigan, um, but I think there's a way to make it in the pattern. She mentions how to make it a pullover. Um, and it's kind of a loose cropped v-neck cardigan and it has like the frost flowers motif like at the top and bottom of the back and like going over the shoulders because I think it has like a drop shoulder and it just looks really nice um it's really pretty in the like the pattern one it's like a light pink or kind of like light peachy color and just really like romantic looking um and I do have two skeins of like a teal color which wouldn't give me that same romantic feel but I do have that yarn (laughs) ready so that's an option too. And a cardigan and something cropped. Well, the other one's cropped too, but something cardigan would probably be like more convenient for breastfeeding later. But anyway, that's a possibility. That's Posa Posey by Marzena Kolacek. And then some more baby stuff. I know, I'm sorry. Baby stuff. <laughs> one is the Rosebud Baby Bodysuit by Polly Maid. That's what it says is the designer in Ravelry, but it's also like in Novita Knits. It's a free baby pattern. So it's a romper, DK weight. It's got short little sleeves, mostly stockinette, but then it has kind of like a yeah, rosebud like lace motif just down the front. It looks pretty cute. looks like it'd be pretty simple too to make. I think I'm pretty much done making baby stuff after this, but um, it's cute. It's a cute one. I'm a sucker for a romper. <laughs> and then another one, I did buy this one. It's the Blomster Bly by Really Rund. Okay, so she's Norwegian, which means I also can't pronounce it. So I shouldn't have said it's like Polish names I can't pronounce. It's any any names I can't pronounce. Um, she was doing a promotion where it was like, you know, however many kroner off of her patterns like as a promotion so I bought a f- bought a picked up a few of her patterns because they're very cheap so these are like bloomers or soakers that have like a diamond colorwork motif on them made out of sport weight yarn um, the pattern is only 15 Norwegian kroner which is in at the moment one dollar and 76 cents and so I purchased this one and a few other like romper and little like shorts patterns i'm just like a sucker for like a little baby wearing like shorts and overalls you know or anything that looks kind of vintage rompery so these are cute ones and she has a lot of other patterns too they're mostly dk weight so check it out there's not that many projects though which is a little bit worry not worrisome but like it's hard to get an idea of what they'll look like so, you know, I got this one for free, so it was definitely worth it, and I'd like to give it a try. This specific one is Bloomster Bly, and by Real, Real, 
Ria, R-I-L-L-E, Rund, R-U-N-D-T. Um, so check out her store because she's got a lot of cute baby stuff if you're looking for baby stuff. And another thing that I think I'm definitely going to make um, is the Baby Mitts by Susan B. Anderson. That's a free pattern. Um, worsted weight, just like a little, you know, baby mittens. And this was suggested um, a couple episodes ago by Krista, who's knit one pug too. So thanks for Krista. Thanks for chiming in on the boards because I think it is a good idea to make little like baby mittens so they don't scratch up their little faces um, with their nails. Um, it seems worsted weight feels a little thick. Um, especially since it's a summertime baby, but at least it'll go quick <laughs> to knit some. So I might, uh, try to make a couple of those, a couple pairs of those before the baby, maybe. Um, so those are Baby Mitts by Susan B. Anderson. And then the very last thing is I've been getting very, like, ambitious about what I can do in the time that I have, which is, um, ridiculous because I could go into labor at any time <laughs> right now. I had this idea that I wanted to make preemie hats at least a few to bring with me to the hospital and to donate while I'm there because god knows I won't do that other times of the year I don't know why <laughs> if but if it involves me driving somewhere or calling someplace I usually won't do it so I was looking at preemie hats and there's lots of cute preemie hats but one I was looking at is the the elvish teeny tiny hat by Alexandra Davidoff it's a free pattern it's a worsted weight preemie hat and it has kind of a little pixie look, so it almost looks like, um, you know, like the baby is, like, inside one of those little, like, not a seed pod, but, like, the head of a flower or something. So there's, like, a leaf motif on the sides, and then it has a little point at the top. So it's really cute, and I think it would, it uses, like, 40 yards of yarn. Like, I could just knit a couple of those today, probably, instead of doing... Who knows what else? So it's a nice idea. I'd like to make some preemie hats. Will it happen? Don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> so that's the Elvish Teeny Tiny Hat by Alexandra Davidoff. So that's what I'm jonesing for. Um, I do have a number of re-ups, and mostly these are gifts that I've... They are mostly. They are gifts that I've received from friends and my knitting friends. I have, I got a couple of hand knit items, but I know there are people that don't listen to the podcast. I received a beautiful crocheted baby blanket from my cousin, um, Sonia, and then one of my jazzercise class managers made this really nice, like knit blanket in chenille. That's really pretty, like a basket weave one. And I've tried, been trying to post them slowly on Instagram, but you know, there's some people I know that don't listen to the podcast or don't follow me on Instagram. So I was like, um, I haven't posted those, but one Brenda Castile, friend of the podcast, who's my roommate up at Knockers when we go to the Northern California knitting retreat. Um, she's good stuff on Ravelry. She has like a bunch of patterns, bunch of great patterns if you want to check it out but she knit a baby sweater for the baby and it's really cute um she started it before she knew the sex of the baby so it's unisex so it's red and like charcoal and black and i believe it's the french macaron pattern um so worsted weight not worsted weight i don't know garter stitch is what i'm trying to say so it's really cute i think knit side side to side and um, I just wanted to thank Brenda here. And you should check out her patterns, too. She's got a lot of good ones. Um, so thank you, Brenda. And it's just, I am, it just means a lot 
when people make you something. I mean, I just like to make people things, but you know, like the fact that they like took the time to, yeah, took the time to do it. It means a lot. So thank you, Brenda. I've been slowly posting these on Instagram too. So if you want to see pictures, Nicole, who's Mork made fiber company, who I talked about before, Nicole Mork, she made all these cute, like personalized onesies. She's got one of those like cricket machines. So has made these cute onesies, but she took like pictures from Instagram of my pictures. And then she's made them into like, you know, black and white image and then um, made like the vinyl, vinyl decals or whatever to put onto these onesies. And they're so cute. So some are like things that they're all mostly things I made. One that I was just laughing so hard on was like my first Halloween. And it's this picture of this like really bad jack-o'-lantern that I, (laughs) that I cut last, last uh, Halloween. It's just like the stupidest looking jack-o'-lantern when everybody else is like in the pictures was like, had these great faces. (laughs) And so she made kind of a bunch of those little personalized onesies. And she also knit um, the love note sweater, which is the tin can knits pattern. Super cute. Even has like a little high-low hem, even though it's like for a baby. It's so cute. A little sparkly yarn. And she made like newborn baby socks. I'm not sure the pattern, but she bought like newborn sock blockers. And they're so cute. Like they're like doll size. And these blockers are so cute. Oh my gosh. So that's, and she also like, I've had a lot of like random baby showers. Like I had a knitting I had a jazzercise baby shower with my instructors and class managers, and then I had another jazzercise baby shower with my students, and then I had kind of like a family Zoom. These are all Zoom baby showers. And then we just talked about with my usual knitting group, there's just five of us, and they're like, oh, let's just do a casual knit knitting day before, you know, we'll have this casual day before we come, before the babies do. And it was at Nicole's house in the backyard, distanced, and she just, like, went all out, and, like, we all had our separate little, like, you know, corners of the yard, and she, like, made, like, a little, like, throne for me, almost, with, like, a mosquito net and lights, and um, we each had our own, like, three-tiered dessert tray by our, <laughs> our the by our, like, our, ta- our individual tables, and some other friends, you know, brought treats and everything, and she made, like, party favors of like these sachets and stuff. And it was just so sweet. And, um, anyway, thank you, Nicole. And, um, Twee, who's Twisted Stitches podcast. She, um, also made me a baby hat. It's in the elf baby pattern, um, which is something like Robin, Robin Weldon. Maybe I've like had that pattern in my, in my like shopping cart for a while. Um, but now I don't have to buy it because I have one made for me. It's the elf baby hat. So it has like a lace edging around the head, the face of the hat. And then it has like a long, you know, pointed triangular top with like a little knot at the top. So cute. And then matching little baby socks and, you know, plus like, um, (laughs) store-bought clothes and books and everything. Oh, and all of these knitting friends went in and bought me like got us like this like dresser off of our (laughs) registry list um and then my friend jesse who's donated you know gifts to the podcast before for giveaways um she made like a couple really cute hand-sewn outfits for the baby and then um for our little 
mini baby shower, knitting baby shower. She also brought like an indigo dye pot. And so we did some shibori dyeing of, of just onesies and they turned out really cute. And it's like, she's like, I brought a craft to the shower, which I feel like I'll forever now have a craft at any party I ever have now that I'll have a kid. And then she even took all the the indigo dyed onesies home to wash them for me. So I didn't have to do that. So thank you, Jesse. And then um, Annie, who's the fifth member of the group, she hand sewed a quilt. This baby, I don't know if you even call it a baby quilt, but it's this beautiful quilt with like different flowers on it and like really dense like quilting with like little hearts on it. And it's amazing. I haven't posted that one on Instagram yet, but I'm making my way, making my way through (laughs) these gifts. And it's just been really sweet. And I, I don't know, it feels weird to even just talk about um, random gifts because like people have been really generous and it's kind of overwhelming, you know, but yeah, to all my knitting friends, thank you so much. So that's my re-ups. I haven't bought anything. I've just been receiving it. (laughs) Just taking it all in. Thank you, guys. All right, so uppers and downers. What have I been doing? There's not as much on TV to watch. Like, we're just watching, like, Top Gun. We're watching just, like, old movies instead. I did finish 13 Reasons Why the last season, season four. I actually was pretty done with the show. It was getting very dramatic and kind of crazy you know like every time lucas would come out from the office he'd be like so what horrible things happening now like why are these why are these people so sad right now i mean there was just like one problem after another it's like school shooter depression suicide aids like it was getting it was out of out of hand you know anyway it's done i've finished 13 reasons why on netflix we watched the Netflix movie The Old Guard, which is Charlize Theron. Um, it's from the director of Love and Basketball, which I haven't seen, but I've heard good things about. I thought it was okay. Um, I'm just not really a Charlize Theron fan. But some good action sequences. It's like a comic book movie, so I'm sure there will be more. These, like, immortal beings who are, I don't know, somehow just creating good in the world and then like a pharmaceutical company is trying to get a hold of them to do research. I don't know. The old guard. It's it's on Netflix. It's free. We also watched Project Power, which is another Netflix movie, which is Joseph Gordon-Levitt and um, Jamie Foxx. And it's like there's some sort of drug on the streets where like you can take it and then you have these like superhuman powers for like five minutes except sometimes your power is just like exploding like sometimes they're like well the power will just kill you and some of them are really good um it was okay for like an action movie but i just didn't really have too too much investment in it um i liked the girl i can't remember her name i hadn't seen her in anything but she was pretty good in it we watched um toy story 4 finally um we have we pay for disney plus but we never watch anything so finally, I was like, we got to do it. We have to watch something. So, I mean, it's cute. There's a lot of, like, good moments in it. But I just kind of was like, are they just going back to the well too many times? Like, Toy Story 3, it felt like a real ending. 
Um, but maybe Toy Story 4 is more of a real ending. But if a Toy Story 5 comes out, like, forget it. Like, no way. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to watch a fifth one. Just stop. Um, it's cute, though. You know? Toy Story 4. I watched Unorthodox on Netflix, which is a four-part series um, about... It's based on a, a real story um, about um, a girl who's in the Orthodox Jewish community, the Hasidic community in Williamsburg, um, Brooklyn, in New York. And she, like, just tries to get out of her marriage and, like, kind of flees to Berlin. And it's a really interesting just about the Orthodox community because I really don't know. I mean, I know a little bit. Um, I've taken some Jewish um, studies classes in college and stuff, so I knew some of it. But it was interesting portrayal of it, and it's not... Like, there's no, there's not really a villain. I mean, it kind of jumps between two different timelines, like the girl getting married and, like, living in this Orthodox community, and then later in um, Berlin and trying to kind of restart her life. And I found the, the half of the story that was in the Orthodox community, like, really interesting, and the other stuff, like, a little less interesting, but it's really, it's worth watching. Um, it's only four, you know, four parts, and I think it was nominated for Emmys. Um, she's, the main actress is really good in it, and uh, it's an interesting story. And I guess, you know, they did have a lot of, I don't know if they're actually Orthodox actors, but, um, you know, they speak Yiddish. It's weird, because, yeah, the American part is in Yiddish, and then when they're in Germany, they're speaking English. <laughs> um but yeah, it's worth watching Unorthodox on Netflix. I also just wanted to put a plug out um, for my friend's movie, horror movie, One BR, or like One Bedroom. It just became, it was just on Apple, purchased it on Apple or iTunes, but now it's on Netflix. So you can all watch it if you have Netflix. Um, One BR, it's kind of like a thriller, like psychological horror movie. Another thing we haven't finished it, but we're kind of obsessed with is Love on the Spectrum. So it's an Australian show, reality show, but they're following a number of young people that are on the autistic spectrum and seeing them go on dates and try to make connections. And it's, you know, a little bit stressful to watch kind of, but it's very like heartwarming and all of the... All of the people on it are really awesome, and it's, you know, kind of heartening to see them, um, some of these connections get formed, but it is hard to watch some of them when they're not on the same page or the dates don't go successfully. Yeah, they're on the spectrum, but I haven't seen, they, I have, we haven't, you know, we haven't really seen any, like, extreme cases of autism. It's weird, because, like, they do... Just the music, it just feels like you're watching, like, Great British Bacon Show or something. I mean, it is Australian. But yeah, and they when they introduce people, they almost do, like, an Amelie style. Like, he hates popping bubble, you know, like, bubble wrap and the sound of lo- of large dogs. But it's cute. We're probably more than halfway through it, but we're enjoying it. Um, and speaking of Australian shows, there was a show that was on Netflix a few years ago that Lucas got really into. It was called Danger 5, and it's like a low-budget Australian, like, adventure comedy show. <laughs> I don't know if that's what it is. It's, like, based on these, like, men's adventure magazines from, like, the 50s to the 70s. Um, so they're usually... It's, like, a group of five people, and they're fighting Hitler. 
like as all like every episode the mission is like to kill hitler and it's very silly they use like miniature props and stuff and there's always like drink recipes um it's a little misogynistic but like on purpose <laughs> and it's just kind of fun and you know there's like also sometimes like dinosaurs and um it's just kind of a crazy show so it was on netflix and lucas went loved it and then it just disappeared and you could sometimes find it on youtube but i just recently purchased the dvds for him or the blu-ray for him and we thought it wasn't gonna work but it is actually like all region blu-ray so we can actually play it here and he's just been really enjoying it and it's just a really silly show um i don't know if you'll actually have any ability to get a hold of it so maybe i shouldn't mention it but yeah it's kind of 60s style show set in the 40s (laughs) but yeah and like some people are like dubbed over you know i don't know it's a it's an interesting one and then the last thing i did read a book called like a mother by angela garbus um this was just a a friend um lent it to me um it's it's kind of like a feminist take on like the science behind um, childbearing, um, Angela Garbes or Garbs, she's a, a food writer in Seattle. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting takes, like some, some of the, like the science between behind breastfeeding and everything. And there's a lot about like postpartum stuff that my friend really took to heart who's had a baby. Um, and I do feel like they don't quite tell you as much about postpartum, like recovery as you should know probably but at the same time like before i'm about to go into birth i don't really want to hear about how bad it's gonna be afterwards like i almost want to just like yeah be ignorant to that fact and like hit the get there later but it was an interesting book it was very quick read i mean i just read it over a couple days um i think it was like an npr like best book of the year or something it's on in paperback now so that's like a mother by angela garbas but it is you know talking about how you know, how people police what you eat as a pregnant mother, but then they don't really care about your recovery afterwards or about pelvic floor. You're just expected to just bounce back to like your old body. And, you know, it's kind of this kind of a feminist outlook on it. That was interesting. So that's reading. I've been, I've read some pregnancy books, but I haven't really read any parent parenting books which probably would have been a good idea to do some of that too but yeah so i guess that's basically all i have for you today that's what i've been doing i haven't quite figured out what i'm gonna do in terms of like privacy with posting pictures of the baby um i might just switch my instagram profile to private but if you if you're interested in following me you know like if i'll probably approve people that are you know clearly have like knitting content or whatever you can find the show notes at skeinenable.com you can find me on Ravelry as no dice and you can find me on Instagram as no dice 11 and you can join in the chat threads on the Ravelry group which is the skein enable podcast group you know I'm still accepting a baby name um, baby name suggestions <laughs> because we have not figured that one out. And um, thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for 
continuing to listen and engage with me, and I really appreciate it. And hopefully I won't uh, be off for too long after the baby's born, and I'll keep you guys updated with everything that's going on. Have a great, I'm going to say a couple weeks, because that's what I always say, but like, <laughs> let's say a couple months just in case. And um, thank you for all of your well wishes and your support. Bye.